Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. We're back. This is still a show? It's still a show. I'm, I'm alive. And <laughs> Eric's here. Yeah, I am here. Wow. Guys, in case you missed the drama, which, by the way, this is a classic example of why you should follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I got so many frantic emails and tweets. I had other countries contacting me. The Swedes, the Swedes were so upset. The countries themselves. They, yes, they were like, "It's Sweden. Where were? <laughs> where are you? Mm-hmm. Where's the show?" Yeah. Um. So we were on a hiatus because my computer broke tragically, yeah. and I had to buy a new, very expensive, huge computer. Yeah. It is like the size of my wall. It is massive. A little behind the scenes, we actually tried to record an episode. Oh, <laughs> Char- poor, poor uh, Eric and Faith came over, uh-huh. and I was like, "I fixed it. I fixed my old computer. Uh-huh. Here we go, baby!" And it immediately crashed. Yeah, we got like five minutes in, and it just crashed. We're like, mm-hmm. "And okay, I think let's y- see what happens." You guys were so afraid that I was gonna have a nervous breakdown uh-huh. that you didn't even get mad that you came over for no reason. No, not at all. You were just, just like, "Oh!" Like Faith started like googling. Like return policies mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. for Macs. Yeah, we were like calling Best Buy customer support. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> hey you can you help us out? Mm-hmm. So that's my first announcement. So you don't miss updates about the show. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. So you get those kinds of updates. Yeah. Also, big update. Oh. I'm gonna change the the format. And the regularity of this show. What? Because Mama is on the cusp of a nervous breakdown. Uh-huh. She's doing too much. I'm talking yeah. about me. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm doing too much. Mm-hmm. I uh, Now I'm working other jobs. Yeah. I'm trying to write. Sure. I'm auditioning for stuff. Sure. It's way too much. You know my schedule. You've yeah. seen my That's calendar. It's it's nutty. Mm-hmm. And I've been telling people who I perform with, I also have a five-day-a-week podcast, and they were like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then I'm like, and I'm stressed, and I'm not getting sleep, and I'm tired, and I don't feel good. Uh-huh. And they were like, yeah, that's that's why. You're yeah, doing too much. Yeah. So going forward, I think this week's going to be a little weird because obviously this is a Monday episode. Sure. But going forward, Light Trees and News is going to be a once-a-week Friday recap of the week. Okay. Cool. Uh, show. I like that. Same format in terms of bad news, good news. I like that. Uh, pop culture, obviously. Sure, sure. But we'll sort of recap the week. And I think that'll actually help uh, pool the good news a little more effectively. Yeah. You might have noticed on some episodes, uh, I, I was struggling <laughs> <laughs> to list any good news. And that's right. not that good stuff isn't happening. It's just maybe... Um, the media doesn't cover it as regularly as bad news. Sure, sure. So I think it'll, it'll be, be more balanced I in that I sense. I feel like yeah. it'll be more le- it'll be less like just reading the news mm-hmm. and saying what's going on, be more more takes. Right. More hot takes on news. Yeah. Uh, cuz everyone will probably have known what happened already. So that's another thing like I feel bad sometimes cuz obviously I consume news at a uh insane rate. Sure. Which is probably not good for my mental health either. No. But, uh, yeah, sometimes I can tell people haven't heard about stuff, and they're a little like, what? What, what? Yeah. what happened? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if we're, we're hitting the, the big notes of yeah. the week, I feel like that'll give people yeah. a better opportunity to weigh in. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want anyone to freak out and start um, bombarding me with messages because that is also <laughs> very stressful. Mm-hmm. We, I, I'm really focused on, like, I want to maintain the community we have, sure. so I'm going to obviously still be posting content over at Patreon. Great. And I think it's going to be more Patreon-focused for that reason. Cool. I'll, I'll ask you guys to sign up over there if you choose to keep supporting the show. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like, bonus episodes, stuff like that will yeah, be yeah. over at Patreon. We'll still do the online hangouts, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, yeah, I, I finally was like, I've been doing this over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. Yeah. i got to give myself a little break, you know? But, yeah, you were saying earlier that you know podcasts that are like one to two weeks that are I think most of them I mean most podcasts that I listen to most of the very popular ones Mm -hmm. um that are just like very well known they're you know all mostly one one a week um yeah I was listening to a podcast that uh, one of my favorite podcasts and the hosts were complaining (laughs) about having to do 
twice a week. And I was mm-hmm. like, I've been doing five days a week <laughs> for right. so long, babies. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that's the announcement portion of the show. Nobody freak out. I think actually it'll be a better show, more condensed. Yeah. Um, hitting the highlights of the week. It'll be okay. Uh, still have content on the Patreon. Yeah, it'll be fine. Also, go outside. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have to listen to podcasts all day. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, is that is that wild? Oh, one more thing before we move on to pop culture uh-huh. stuff, because obviously I'm so behind on pop culture and right. so much great stuff is out right now so that I want to talk stuff. about. Yep. But guys, this is so wild. While I was on the hiatus, my my unwilling hiatus, uh-huh. because my computer was stolen uh, from me sabbatical. by fate, <laughs> my sabbatical, uh-huh. my unpaid sabbatical. Yep. Um, one of my friends died. And then one of my other friends was hospitalized. Oh, boy. Not great. Not but good. I went to go visit my friend in the hospital. And uh, I was, like, looking at her. And I was like, I need to take better care of myself. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, obviously, not to make it about me. But I was like, we're, we're about the same age. Uh-huh. And obviously not to victim blame because she's not in the hospital because she didn't take care of herself. Right, right, right. But I was just like... You know, for me, I got. But you just got to think about your health. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, mm, I'm tired all the time, and I don't feel good. <laughs> right. And I was like, Oh yeah, I I'm I can control my schedule a little more. For a very similar reason, I've been like applying to like very bougie jobs. I'm oh, like, I'm tired of being poor and not having health insurance. Yeah, that was another thing. So. Uh, thankfully my friend who's in the hospital has very good health insurance because mm-hmm. she has a real job. And like on our way to the hospital, I was with another friend of mine and for a second he was like, wait, does she have good health insurance? And I was like, <laughs> yes, thank God. We don't have to start a GoFundMe <laughs> right, right. for her, which th- truly happens all the time in yes. our community because yeah. poor artists don't have insurance. So uh, let's get to pop culture stuff. Yes, let's do it. While we're still in the pop culture section. So, <laughs> we're going to talk about it, goddammit. Max Dance on It's Always Sunny. Oh, man. Did you guys see it? It's so good. Wow. So, if you don't know what I'm talking about, and or if you stopped watching It's Always Sunny, uh, I, I did it. as well. Yep. Hadn't seen it in a hot minute, and then I saw people freaking out about Max dance mm-hmm. and I was like a why is Mac dancing B is this dance really that good to warrant all of the buzz and it is oh it's really that <laughs> it's good. really good so I was really happy because the show decided to stop treating Max sexuality like a punchline uh-huh. which is good <laughs> because always a good thing being gay is not a joke mm-hmm. so and I mean I the joke was always that this group of people is so terrible and so like white in their repressed yeah. stuff right. that that was sort of the punchline, not uh-huh. the fact that Max gay. But anyway, right, right, right. So <laughs> they choreographed this like beautiful ballet uh-huh. number to a Seeger Ross song, which I'm instantly crying right, as soon course. as Seeger Ross yeah. starts playing. And then they got a real ballerina to dance with him, and mm-hmm. he got in insane shape yes. for it. Yeah. Uh, and it's so good. If you haven't watched it, go Google it. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, an interesting thing about it is, uh, for people who have seen it, I was reading that apparently uh, Mac, I yes. forget, Rob? Rob McElhaney? Rob, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, um, so he filmed the dance with the ballerina separately from the show. Right. Like, Or separately from the other actors. And <coughs> uh, in the scene... It's that they're like, uh, without going like to into the whole episode, but mm. basically the rest of the, the other characters are sitting in an audience watching him dance. Yes. But I was reading that. So for filming it, they filmed the, they actually filmed the dance uh, uh, outside of the scene and they actually played it on a screen. And right. the actors were seeing it for the first time when they filmed the right. scene. So Danny DeVito, when he's crying, is actually crying. Right, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> they're all him they're all seeing it for the first time, which is yeah. really amazing. Yeah, so that's great. If you've missed that, go back and uh, check it out. It's, it's been good. a while now, it's but I, sh- I wanted to talk about it's it, goddammit. Yeah. 
So also, I finally saw A Star Is Born. Ooh, nice. It's so good. Yeah. She's so good in it. But here's mm. the thing that bothered me about it. Okay. It is so clearly Bradley Cooper's vanity project. Like, he is the star of A Star Is Born, and I think he really wants us to think it's Lady Gaga, <laughs> but it's not. Well... Okay, yeah, but it's a remake, right? Uh, yeah, that, is yeah. the original like that, where the male is the lead? I don't know. I here's the thing about my journey with *A Star Is Born*, and I guess spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet. But I didn't see the originals, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how fucking sad it is. I didn't either. And then I heard that. Well, I had heard it was sad, but I was like, oh, no, do they break up? Is yeah. that why? That's not it. Nope. <laughs> it's much worse than right. that. <laughs> oh. right. And I was not emotionally prepared, and I had, like, other stuff to do after I saw uh-huh. it. And I just walked into a meeting afterwards, and everyone was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I saw Stars Born. And they were like, oh, no. Are and, like, got okay? up and hugged me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, my God, are you all right? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. <laughs> but having said that, oh, and there's also this thing where, so she doesn't talk to any women. Mm-hmm. At any point in the yeah, film, right? It does not pass the Bechdel <laughs> test, and she like has two women backup dancers, mm-hmm. and there's a plot point in the movie that is they're feuding with her, and these women never talk. It's just suddenly like she's supposed to have backup dancers, and then she decides I'm going to perform alone, and they there's just like a quick cut to them watching her perform with her arms crossed uh-huh. and them looking mad. Yeah. It was like, oh, do we not want to pay these actresses? Right, right, right. So we didn't mm-hmm. give them lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's annoying. Great. But having said that, they're both so good. They're both so charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music is insane. It's so yeah. good. So I liked it. There were just it. a couple things where I was like, Bradley, this movie is about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, I need to watch it. Yeah. So I saw that. Great. Um, oh, I have beef with the Golden Globes. What? A Haunting of Hill House didn't get any nominee n- Ye- nominations. I'm so mad I can't talk. Yeah. They didn't get any nominations. Also, uh, what else got snubbed? Uh, uh, eighth Grade. Didn't get anything? I don't think it got anything. Come on. I'm mad. Yeah, it's, it's very... The the nominations this year are full of snubs. Uh, I just... They're such fucking snobs. Like, just recognize that horror can be a valid genre. What gets me is, like... They are snobs. It's the Golden Globes. Yeah, like, first of all... You're, you're not allowed to be snobs. You're, you're the, the crappiest <laughs> award ceremony <laughs> right. around. So everybody's shitting on you. So you think you'd want to be more like the People's Awards, you know? Yeah. But no, you decided to be elitist, <laughs> too. It's like when a nerd gets picked on and then they become a bully. Uh-huh. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah. Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah, like, nobody holds the Golden Globes in high esteem. You suck. Nobody's running around showing off their Golden Globes. Ugh. Like, just give the good stuff awards. Yeah, like, how excited would people have been to see The Haunting of Hill House, like, cast? Uh, yeah. I'm talking about me. Yeah. I uh-huh. would have watched mm-hmm. your dumb award show. <laughs> Ugh, I'm mad at you. Yeah. So, also, have... I always forget. Are you into Marvel or no? I mean, I... You dabble? I, I like them. I, I'm not, like, obsessed with the Marvel Cinematic Universe like some people seem to be. Are you talking about me? It's me. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> did you see uh, Avengers Endgame trailer? I saw the trailer, yes. Okay. How did you feel about it? Uh, it looks cool. Yeah. I'll see it. Okay. Here, Here's the the surprising moments for me. So, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. It, Ronan, sorry. Ronan's in the trailer. Right. And here's the thing. I'm not a Hawkeye slash Ronan fan, but... Nobody cares about Hawkeye. Here's the thing. So, Jeremy Renner's a good actor. So, he's, sure. he's like... In it for a fraction of a second, and I was like, damn, Ronan looks wrecked. And then yeah. I was like, oh, my God, Thanos disappeared his entire family. <laughs> and then suddenly I cared about the character yeah. because that plot point, which felt very forced, where, like, the Avengers show up to this cabin and Hawkeye, then Hawkeye, is like, we can hang out here for a little while, guys. And then you find out Hawkeye has a family. Right. Like, a full family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, several kids, a wife. Um, and it's kind of funny because it's like, yeah, sure, they would have normal lives, too. Uh-huh. But I, like the wife is barely a character. And I was like, what are we doing? What yeah. is this? <laughs> it's not making me like this character more. But now that they're dead, <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Like, I was like, he's going to kill everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone. And it got me excited about the character. You know what would be fun to watch? I, I don't know. Uh, 
this is probably only something I would enjoy just because it'd be funny. I would love to see like a superhero movie with no action. It's just like a very serious like family drama, <laughs> but it's based on a superhero. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a uh, haunting of Hill House. It's right. like a very serious family drama that happens to be a horror <laughs> show, which I love. It's, it's like family drama for ghosts. But you know, like it's it's like yeah. in a good improv scene where you have a really good base reality mm, yeah, and it makes yeah, yeah. everything else pop more. Right, like right, right. I love that shit yeah 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 i would love to watch just like like it's like revolutionary road but it's two superheroes <laughs> yeah that's really funny <laughs> that's really no one write that that's our <laughs> idea it's eric's idea that i'm uh-huh. glomming on to yeah uh-huh. it's like we came up with that right <laughs> uh so uh, trailer's great what do you guys think hashtag light trees and i saw a lot of people talking about it a lot of yeah. people were really hyped about it i'm so hyped about it oh uh, oh my god captain america's crying in it uh-huh. what he doesn't cry <laughs> i feel things right yeah, and Tony's just drifting in space, <laughs> saying like goodbye to people. It's so fucking yeah. dark and bleak. I love, I love, I love the shot of Thanos with his armor propped up like a scarecrow. Yeah, which is straight from the comic books. Uh-huh. But yeah, he's just tilling crops. What's he growing? <laughs> what is Thanos growing? Who knows? Oh God, I, I I hope they go into like meticulous detail about the crops. Yeah, very interested yeah, in yeah, that. Yeah, that would be great. And once again, they have um, Black Widow uh, just recapping things that have happened. <laughs> That's like her job in the trailers. Where right. She's like, remember, everybody's dead. Uh-huh. And we're like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. we got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then uh, Bruce just looking at photos of his dead friends in the lab. <laughs> just like, yeah, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she died, too. Hulk said. Yeah. Black Panther's sister, I guess. At least they think she's missing because that those right. are the photos that are coming up. Right. And then boom, Ant Man at the end. Nice. Are you feeling sad? Well, Ant Man's here. You can't be sad if Ant Man's here. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about the trailer. How do yep. you guys feel about the trailer? Also, I don't want anybody to get too excited for me. I started watching Billions. What? Finally. Wow. Because everyone had been raving about it, uh-huh. but it was intimidating because there's like a million seasons. And I was like, oh, do I really want to get invested in another show? Turns out, yes, I do. I kind of want to get into it. I haven't gotten into it yet. It's very good. It's about like like Wall Street guys, right? Like yeah, bankers? and you know who's one of the creators? No. Um, Sork- uh, not Sorkin, Sorkin. Andrew, Andrew Ross, Ross Sorkin. Sorkin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I did know Who that. is a famously big piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, not a good guy. Uh-huh. So that was another reason I was like, oh, God. But I assume it's got Paul Giamatti. It can't be all bad. Yeah, and I'm like, what did Andrew do? I mean, I really like. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I like watching stuff about rich, terrible people. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, I don't want to say like, if I say it's like nuance that that makes it seem like I guess there are sympathetic to the billionaires. Yeah, and I guess it is sympathetic in the sense that you know he has a family. They show you like. And he's a very specific kind of billionaire. He's a billionaire who came from nothing. Right, right, right. So, which makes That's you... That's a very specific type of person. Also yes. more sympathetic to him. Yes. Because there's there's storylines within the show about him having a huge chip on his shoulder for how he was treated growing uh-huh. up. And that makes the character more interesting. I've never... I, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean, and I, I agree with that. I never really feel like... I think sympathetic is the best word, but I don't think it's accurate. We're like... It's not that I feel sympathy for those people, but I understand their character more. I understand yes. why they are the way they are. Yeah. Not that because I think when people hear like sympathetic, you're like, oh, it excuses their behavior. Right. But it, sure. No, but it's that's the best word He's for like it. He's like a real character, like He's a, a real, real person. person. Yeah. And I, I think that's actually good because I think like a lot of people like to paint like you know uh, the real world like billionaires and stuff as like these like like basically like cartoon villains. Right. And most of the time they're not. They're bad people, but they have like their own rationality mm-hmm. to them and stuff like that. And understanding that is very important. Like, sure. Because like when you said like, yeah, he's a rich person that came from nothing. I instantly know. Yes. What he feels like, why he feels the way he is, you know, why he, he is the way that he is. A very spe- specific resentment towards like the Trump brand of wealth. Right. Where he's like, you didn't earn this. Exactly. I earned this. Yes. And then it's interesting because the like the crew investigating him, so like the attorneys general they are like, no, you didn't earn it because you don't build anything. <laughs> right. Like, y- you just shift money around. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. don't respect what he does. Uh-huh. Uh, it's very interesting. And then, yeah, you've got Damian Lewis and Paul Giamatti being yeah. 
Amazing. I re I recently realized like my favorite like beat of like writing and stories is uh is is like like grifts and financial crimes. Oh yeah, I love I love heist yeah. stuff. Heist yeah. and f- yeah, any sort of like yeah. financial crime or grift. I'm I'm that's my favorite thing yeah. I've realized. So we're just gonna do a longer pop culture section. Let's do it. Because I have another one and <laughs> I Because we have multiple weeks worth of pop yeah. culture to catch up and on. And I didn't even ask you yet what your recommendations uh-huh. are, but I also started Embassy Town, the book. Embassy Town, huh? By uh, China Mel- Melville. I don't, I don't know what that Neville? is. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. I apologize. It is a very uh, lauded science fiction okay. work, and it's really dense. I like. I really like science fiction. It doesn't have to be science fiction, but any kind of fantasy book that drops you in the middle of something and you have no idea what's going on. Right. So, like, there's kind of a different language that mm. you're learning on the fly. Right. Um, descriptions of entities that yes. are not human. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, just yeah. like, what's happening? I'm into that. What yeah. planet are we on? Like yeah. stuff like that. And they're just giving you like breadcrumbs for you to figure out. That's what was great. I always felt like, I, I, and I don't know if maybe my experience would be different reading it now, but what I really enjoyed about reading the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. in middle school was that... They do exposition, but he does it in an interesting way where he doesn't spoon feed you everything. Right. He, you know, it, it just starts with like, yeah, there's these things called hobbits, and you're like, what, what's that? Right. And like, you were learning it as you're reading it, as opposed to being like, let me tell you the backstory. It's yeah. Like, you learn all this stuff as you're reading it. It makes it feel more real because that's how does. people tell real stories. Well, it's also like, what would happen if you were dropped into a different culture? Right. People yeah. wouldn't be like, I'm sorry, let's start from the beginning exactly. of our culture. Yes. You would just sort of have to pick it up. Because you're being immersed in it. Yeah. And it can be very frustrating. And this book, Embassy Town, is very dense. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not something that you can, like, skim. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah, you yeah. really have to, like, sit with it. Exactly. Yeah. But I like it so far. I think that's a great device. Yeah. Of just being, like, treating, you know, sort of uh, treating your audience like they already know. Right. So being like, yeah, you know, we have these weird things. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess I do. Like, right, you know right, what I mean? Like, right. I guess I got to catch up. And uh, it's a good device for kind of getting you along and making you feel more a part of the world because it's sure. like the people the the narrator and the people in the book are treating the reader as if they already know what's going on exactly is it weird for you because this is weird for me that we don't have to keep obsessively looking at the computer to see if it's crashed yeah 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 like i noticed we're both like <laughs> uh-huh. glancing I keep at the screen like, mm-hmm. is, it <laughs> is gonna, it gonna happen yep, mm-hmm. that used to happen Truly every five minutes, guys, (laughs) and it was awful. So that's cool that we don't have to do that anymore. Uh Uh, What are your recs? Let's start with... Ooh, I got a couple. What are you watching? Oh, I don't really... I don't know if I have any, like, watching recommendations. Mostly what I've been watching recently is I've been re-watching House of Cards. uh, Because I... they yeah. released the season, the newest season that does not feature uh, Kevin Spacey and only has Robin Wright as the lead. Um, but I had watched all the other episodes so long ago that I wanted to rewatch it from the beginning so I could get caught up right. before I watched the new season. So I've just been re. There's so much of it. There's like fifty some odd hours of back episodes. So I've just been like plowing through that to get to the new se- season. I couldn't get into it. I saw season one and I was like, okay. I like, you know what I mean? I think for me, honestly, I think I was thinking about this the other day because I uh, like, uh, I, pro- I think it was Faith. Like she saw me watching it and was like very clearly like disdainful sure. <laughs> of the show. <laughs> and I, I get that. I For me, I don't know what it is. For, I really, I, I, I enjoy shows about like, I don't know, like rich, powerful people. Mm-hmm. I think because I wouldn't want to live it. <laughs> Yeah. So like watching something about it is fun. Like I would never want to work in like <laughs> like be a politician or like be in Congress or something like yeah. that. I c- would never want to do that. So, so so for some reason like watching something about that is is interesting to me. Yeah, well it's escapism because I I don't want to watch a show about poor people struggling Yeah, because it's like I know what that is. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. want to watch a bunch of like rich assholes <laughs> tear each other apart. Yeah, yeah. Like they're gladiators. Right. And I'm slow clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's something to that. So I, I've just been rewatching. I enjoy it. I you know, I there's a lot of faults to it, but for the most part, I I, I enjoy it. It's at least like a like a, an enjoyable watch yeah. for me. Um, 
you know, uh, th- things about Kevin Spacey notwithstanding. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. I do respect that that show's just going forward without him. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 and also, I have to say, did not like season one, didn't really care about it, but I was like, Robin Wright is amazing. Oh, she's so good. And I wanted more of her. So when I heard that's yes. the adjustment they made, I was like, very smart. Yes. Very smart. Because yes. I think a lot of people felt that way. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, she's very good. So uh, in terms of watching, that's all I've been really watching is just like trying, like plowing through that to get caught up so I can watch the new se- the new. Uh, episodes cool what are you listening to um i mean the same stuff mostly uh you You seemed excited when i was i have other stuff that are not tv music books are you excited about i have books uh but in terms of music i will say it's christmas time and i like watch it i like listening to some jazz during december you're weird uh it makes it it feels like christmas like walking jazz like yes. when you think of Christmas, you think of jazz. Oh yeah. Weird. My f- John Coltrane, my favorite things. One of the best Christmas songs of all oh, time. Oh, so specifically like Christmas jazz music. Not always, but but what? That yes, that that speci- one was. that one is specifically, but in general, jazz just makes me oh, think of Christmas. All right. It's a I don't know. It's a very like I don't know. I like walking. I like walking around in the cold and listening to jazz. So if you threw a Christmas party, you'd have jazz on. Oh, hundred percent. I would not go yes. to your party. Oh, uh, so much jazz. I would not go to your party, and then I would uh, place a flaming bag of poop on your <laughs> stoop, and I'd ring the bell and run uh-huh. away. That's how I feel about that. Yeah. So, what are you reading since you were so goddamn excited about that? I'm in the middle of a great book. Um, So, it's called The World Beyond Your Head by Matthew B. Crawford. Now, Matthew B. Crawford uh, is very well known for his first book, which was called uh, Shop Class as Soulcraft. Never heard of it. It was a very popular book, uh, sort of like pop philosophy book. It deals with like... uh, just like the um deals with sort of like the sort of like the postmodern world and like our fragmented mental states and his first book is about like how uh is about like the value of like manual work not necessarily like manual labor in terms of a job but just like working on something physical Mm. um because he's a he's a phd and like a philosophy professor but he also has a side business making custom motorcycle parts oh cool so he talks about just like different like philosophical lessons and like mental states from like actually physically crafting something it is wild when you do something like that like you can feel your brain working yes. differently yes absolutely yeah, so he, he talks about that not it's not one of those weird like mike Rowe type things where it's like the, you know you should you know work on a farm and you know kill your body for your whole life you know what i mean it's not yes, it's yes, not yes. one of those those types of things he's just talking about like physically crafting something mm-hmm. so his second book is sort of uh about similar things but in a more like in a much bigger picture philosophical way where he talks about like like i said like the postmodern world and like uh he frames everything in a really great way that i'd never heard anybody talk about before where he talks about he he proposes like a political economy of attention uh in that in that sort of like the thing that kind of the thing that kind of like uh directs our whole current like modern world is attention and where you place your attention because each person's attention and energy is like a finite resource Mm -hmm. and so uh everything in sort of like the political economy is competing for your attention um and like now companies are like placing ads literally everywhere i do wonder if i could go on a little tangent from that because that's so interesting like obviously i know adhd is a real thing Uh and i don't want to downplay its significance because i know like you know so many people struggle with it it is actually like um a real thing yes 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 but i do wonder if there are misdiagnoses because like i know i don't think i have adhd yeah i think i grew up at a time where i was being like fed you know 15 to 30 second commercials yes and our form of entertainment is getting shorter and shorter from like youtube clips to like vines to like instagram stories and i i know like for example i was just talking about this book i'm reading embassy town Uh having to really really focus on something I was like, oh fuck, I haven't done this in a while. Yeah, no. And I and I was like, I don't have ADHD. I I just live in this world where yeah, everything's competing for my attention. Yes. Yeah, I live in New York City. There's so many ads, so yes. many like 
my my senses are constantly being bombarded. Yeah. It is a different thing to sit in a quiet room and read a book. Yes. And <laughs> no, I, I yeah. honestly, I had that exact thought while I was reading the book because it, w- as he's describing sort of the modern world, it very much feels like ADD. And he talks about like, he, d- he made a really great point where he talks about you get accustomed to a certain level of stimulation. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the one that gets me is like I'm used to always walking around while I'm commuting and listening to podcasts. Yes, same. If I walk and I do not have a podcast on and I'm just walking to the train and he he makes this point, he says, when you uh, anytime you down like downgrade your level of stimulation, you feel empty. And he's like and he and he describes it as hunger, Mm -hmm. which I thought was so good because I was like, that's exactly what it feels like. I feel hungry for stimulation. I've been doing that lately where sometimes I I don't wear my headphones and I walk around. It feels wild. Yes. Because I'm used to blocking out everything that's going on. You're used to always have like, you're walking to the train and also you're like listening to something, you're learning something or like you've got something stimulating you. And anytime you downgrade that level of stimulation, it feels wild. Yeah. Um, And so we, our generation is in a weird spot because we grew up without the level of stimulation and it slowly increased yes. as we got older the younger generation is being born into it so from oh, a very wild. from a very young age they're getting they're already accustomed to it without question yeah because my form of entertainment when i was a kid i told someone this the other day i had a little pop-up tent uh-huh and i popped it up yep. in like the living room or the den or somewhere and i used to read inside yeah. it uh-huh pre-internet uh-huh. we didn't have a computer exactly, yeah so like i my my brain remembers that mm-hmm. uh and then i remember getting computer and yep. i remember <laughs> exactly die. yeah 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 that is wild we're and, the, and we're the only generation that will ever be that way exactly yeah and and the thing we is like special yeah <laughs> Uh, but you, you'll notice like young kids are a lot better at dealing with that stuff yes. because they are so used to it. Yeah. And, uh, d- have you ever seen a baby using an iPad? Oh God, yes. Just schooling it's, it's an iPad? Insane. Like oh that's my God. wild. It's wild. Yeah. On the train all the time. I'm yeah. just like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, but he also, uh, um, makes this great point where, uh, d- just to go on a quick tangent about this, he makes this great point about, uh, you're familiar, are you familiar with the marshmallow study? No. It's a, a very like famous like psychological study where they they got a bunch of kids, they put them in a room individually, they put a marshmallow in front of them in a table. They're like, you can have this marshmallow now, or if you can wait fifteen minutes without touching the marshmallow, I'll give you two marshmallows. Fifteen you, minutes for a little kid is a long time. <laughs> right. Well, they're like, yeah, they're like, you can have this one marshmallow, or you can wait fifteen minutes. You get two marshmallows, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, very popular study. And uh, at the end of the s- at the end of the first part of the study, which is this, like the marshmallow thing, they uh, they found that about thirty percent of the kids waited the fifteen minutes and got the sure. two marshmallows. And a lot of people think the study is about um, about willpower and about rational choice making. Because you're like, okay, if you wait fifteen minutes, you get two. And so if you can't wait 15 minutes to get two, you're not making a good choice because right. you're, you're letting your urges overcome like right, your rational thinking. Because mm-hmm. like, if you think about it, yeah, obviously two is better than one. Right. All you have to do is wait. So a lot of people think it's about willpower and rational choice making, but he makes this great point that I never heard anyone make. I'm sure people have, but just the way he framed it was so good. And he said that what they actually found was that the kids who were – the kids who – waited the 15 minutes and got the two marshmallows were the best ones at distracting themselves for 15 minutes Mm. until they could get the two marshmallows. It's about focusing your attention. Yeah. He was like the kids that were able to focused on the marshmallow. Yes. The kid, the, the kids that were able to sort of like find something to occupy themselves, go play for a little bit, go play, go read a book, something, whoever was able to direct their attention away and just like focus on something else. So in a way, it's almost like framing it as a positive that if you can distract yourself. Yeah, it's about focus. It's yeah. about like it's about like instead of instead of constantly coming back to this marshmallow or thinking about the marshmallow or whatever. It's like whoever wh- whoever is the best at like not being like not just chasing every new thing, just being like okay for 15 minutes, I'm gonna read this book. Mm-hmm. Whoever ca- has control over their attention, mm, okay, was the most successful. Okay, and then they. They tracked all those kids for 10 years, and the ones who waited for the two marshmallows had were, by and large, had the most life success. Wow. Because it's just whoever is able to sort of have control over their mind and just, like, direct their attention. Like, I'm going to do this now, 
and then I'm going to do yeah, this now. Yeah, so it's not even a matter of returning to a world where we don't have distractions. It's about learning how to aim our focus. Exactly. Oh, my God. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's not about tearing down the world. It's just about learning how to deal with all of the distractions around you and focus your attention. And our generation might be way worse at that. Because we're not used to it. Yeah, but the kids who were like, oh, my God, isn't this terrible? They're looking at screens all yeah. the time. Might actually hopefully, have more success. Hopefully. We'll yeah. see. We're, I mean, it's it's hard to know because we're in we the middle know. of it. Right, right. But it's like, we're, but hopefully if people can learn these lessons and learn how to learn those skills in this sort of world that we live in now, mm-hmm. um, uh, hopefully, uh, wow. yeah, it's, it's, oh, it's a fascinating book. Yeah, I, I really recommend it to everyone. It's, wow. it's, it's super fascinating. Uh, guys on that note, let's get into it. Shall we? Here's your bad news. So obviously the big bad news story that I wanted to talk about is the Republicans um, committing a coup in multiple states. Oh, man. Wisconsin. They really do not like losing. Michigan. North Carolina. Ooh, I, Wisconsin, I tweeted this, but I feel like I need to repeat this. Scott Walker is like the Forrest Gump of evil shit happening. <laughs> yeah. Whenever something terrible happens in Wisconsin, he's mm-hmm. like there yeah. in the background uh-huh. in a black and white photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so uh, Democrats had these huge victories in the midterm elections and the Republicans are throwing a fucking fit. Yeah, basically they're like, well, the Democrats won. Well, uh, we don't have a government now, so uh, it doesn't matter. Right, right. Uh, so they managed to pass a bill by a one-vote margin in Wisconsin that would limit early voting and the power of the state's incoming Democratic governor and attorney general. So... I'm how is this legal? <laughs> like that's my question where I'm like why do we have elections? I, I know it's going to be challenged in court obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and and maybe they'll lose in court, but it is just so fucking wild and how they're framing it is well, we have a duty to the people who voted for us to do everything in our power to stop the Democrats. And it's like right right right, but you lost the fucking election. Uh-huh, yeah. And I feel like Democrats are always like, mm, okay, we have to honor the election. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Republicans are just like, mm, we w- just won't acknowledge it. Right, right, right. Which yeah. is bananas. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's what they do. Right, right. <laughs> that's, uh, you know. Um, North Carolina's even. I mean, North Carolina, I, you know, I, I think the federal government should stop North Carolina from passing laws. Yes. Like, the, like North Carolina, a state that, on the books racially discriminated their voting yeah so let me just recap what happened in case people don't know so north carolina's ninth district congressional race happened right Mm -hmm. and the state's board of elections has refused to certify the results because there's this ongoing investigation over the fate of absentee ballots uh, which might have swung the result in an election decided by 905 votes that's not a lot of votes people wow So Harris, who's the Republican candidate, signed a contract with a consulting firm that used Leslie McRae Dallas Jr., a Republican political operative for absentee ballot operations in Bladen County. Mm -hmm. So the evidence so far suggests that Dallas used operatives to collect these absentee ballots. And sometimes, guys, they filled in blank ballots. And sometimes, guys... They destroyed ballots cast for Harris's opponent, McCready. Yeah, weren't they? I mean, uh, I don't have uh, the stuff in front of me, but weren't they like? They were literally like going to people's houses, and be like, "Oh, hey, did you have your absentee yes, ballot?" Yeah. And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, here it is." They're like, "Cool, cool. no, we'll turn it in. We'll for take you. it. We'll no, take we'll, it. That's what we, we do. We're we collecting collect the abs- ballots. Yeah, we collect ballots." And yeah, then they yeah. would just like go back to the car and like rip it up. I'm like, mm, no ballot. Hmm, weird. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So again, it's so frustrating because it's like, you're the assholes accusing uh, democratic voters of voting illegally right. and making it impossible for people to legally vote in some States. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> North, Ca- I, I always bring this up just cause it's so mind boggling. Like most voter 
disenfranchisement is sort of like the the type of like it's always sort of mass that's supposed to be something good or something that's like common sense. Like the most common one is voter ID and they're like, no, 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 it's not discriminatory. It's just like, it just makes sense. Right. Like you should have to prove who you are to vote. Like we're doing this for the good of the elections and everyone knows that it's a method to get poor people and people of color uh, because they disproportionately don't have government, you know, uh, issued IDs and stuff like that. Everyone knows what it is, but the the law itself is always like sort of framed as like no no this is a this is just for for integrity and mm-hmm, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. North Carolina, <laughs> in their like, uh, in some of their like election regulations, literally said that the reason that they were ending early voting is because black people disproportionately early vote. Mm-hmm. That was why they stopped Sunday election. They said like, that out loud. That's that was in the legal filing. They <laughs> said the quiet part loud. <laughs> yeah, like that was their election uh, uh, disenfranchisement is so bad that they didn't even bother to hide it. Right. They, they were, were just, just like, like, yeah, no, we're doing this because black people voted. Yeah. Like yeah, it, it was so overt that even the courts were like, you can't, guys. <laughs> remember <laughs> dog whistles? Like, you can't. You got to mask it a little bit. Yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. So that's how bad elections are in North Carolina. But I think. Every Democrat in the country should bang that drum. The only evidence we have so far of systemic vote rigging are the Republicans. Yeah. Also, like, it doesn't, like, how is it possible that you're able to hire a private company run by a Republican operative to handle election stuff? Yeah, like, Like, how is that a thing? In Georgia, the guy running for governor was the guy in charge of the election. Yeah, that was. How is like like Frank? Nobody Kemp. thought any of this like was a bad. I know. Like, how is it possible? How it shouldn't f- be legal. That's <laughs> like, that's the thing where it's like this should not exist. Yeah, this is why you need. Okay, you you have to have. Th- I mean, this is the reason that you need like public funding of elections, and and complete federal oversight over right. the elections. You have to. You can't have the people that are in the election running the elections. It's almost like we still needed the Voting Rights Act. <laughs> I don't know. Is that insane it's like you can't like remember the supreme court was just like we fixed it racism's yeah. <laughs> not real anymore and everyone was like what i think it's so funny that yeah their reasoning was like yeah, yeah, yeah no no things are better now so we don't need the law anymore that partially <laughs> contributed to things being slightly better <laughs> right like not even good it's no, just no, like no no slightly just slightly not better. as terrible yeah 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 so uh anything else you wanted to say about wisconsin michigan uh it's just it's just all bad like you know it's bad like uh, stuff like this is just not good yeah we're gonna wade gently into parsing bad news again guys yeah i mean because it's we've been on a hiatus for a while the thing is like what sucks is like it's it's just one of those things like i don't know what the solution is because like what can you do? Well, I think uh, obviously the legal challenges are a coming. There, I'm sure they will. You know, and I, I there's been mass protests in North Carolina and all of three of those states. I mean, I guess like you know, I don't really know that much about how, how you know, like you know, parliamentary procedure or whatever in Wisconsin. I mean, I'm assuming that even if this stuff, you know, even with this stuff in effect. Once the Democrats get in power, they can just write their own bill and restore those powers. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's just shit like this happens all the time. And it's really frustrating because it's like just I don't know what to do about it other than just like, you know, uh, throwing Scott Walker in a swamp somewhere. Yeah, it, it worries me because, you know, hopefully the legal challenges by the Democrats against the Republicans will be successful but what worries me about that is if they are not, people will look at that and be like, okay, so we turned out to vote, we voted the Democrats in, and the Republicans just stole it. Yeah. So why should I vote? I th- I will say this. I think this is a very good example of something, uh, a, a dynamic that plays out over and over and over again. And it it's so frustrating as somebody on the left, which is that as evil as they are, and they are evil. Republicans understand that we are in like a fight for power. Right. And Democrats cannot seem to get that through their fucking skulls. Yeah, I do think Democrats have a little bit of the well, we're morally right. Yeah. So everything will work out. Uh-huh. And it's like no, no. not if they <laughs> rig the game so you lose every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, like 
that's I it's 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 this whole like Democrats are so worried about appearing to be not civil and it's just I like don't care exactly like nobody I cares truly don't give a shit yeah. if you think I'm uncivil. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just feel like the larger Democratic Party is so... They're always walking on eggshells to appear like they're on board and, like, being civil. And, and I do think part of that is the people in power in the Democratic Party have so much to gain if they remain civil towards yes. people with money and power, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. So that's part of it, too. It's not them you know, uh, afraid of committing a social faux pas. They're just like, I have to well, remain yeah, cozy sure. with yeah, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. these, you know, corporations, wealthy individuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's part of it, too. It's just but, like a classic... But, like, average people yeah. worried about civility? I'm <laughs> like, why do you care? Yeah. You're not taking money from Goldman Sachs. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's just like a classic, like, mismatch thing. Like, the Republicans understand what it's about, and they're they're fighting dirty. <laughs> right. And if you don't do anything about it, they're going to win right. all the time. Well, I do think that's why there's been more focus now uh, on the left on stuff like gerrymandering yeah. and like local races. I think we're slowly catching up with yeah. that stuff. Yeah. But as per usual, they've been doing it for 30 years and we're <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. It, we're, we're too late in a lot of uh, respects. But. Anyways, guys, uh, enough of that stuff. Here's your good news. So first in good news, I wanted to talk about everything that's happened in the Mueller investigation. Oh, boy. Because I think it's good news anytime something bad happens to Trump. Individual one. <laughs> Individual, Individual two. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought we were naming uh, people Just who, are now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who are now cooperating <laughs> with the Mueller <laughs> investigation. <laughs> so uh, this is a recap from the Daily Beast that I thought was very helpful. Uh, Mueller first, one, mm-hmm. number one. Mueller has clearly identified collusion in the efforts of Trump aides and associates to contact WikiLeaks. In a draft plea agreement provided to conservative operative uh, Jerome Corsi, Mueller details how Roger Stone, who the special counsel notes was in frequent contact with Trump and senior campaign officials, directed Corsi to connect with WikiLeaks about the trove of stolen materials it received from Russia. Wow. So, boom. Got Roger Stone. Dead to rights. Damn. Two. We know that Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, and former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn have provided evidence to Mueller related to collusion. Wow. (sighs) Who could have known those two would flip? Oh, me. (laughs) Me. I did. Uh, So... In Flynn's sentencing memo, Mueller said that Flynn's false statements to the FBI about his calls to calls with the Russian ambassador during the transition were material to the investigation into links or coordination between Russia and individuals associated with the Trump campaign. Three, Mueller has found evidence that Trump was compromised by a hostile foreign power during the election. In his plea deal, Cohen revealed that Trump had repeatedly lied to voters about the then-candidate's financial ties to Russia. While Trump claimed during the campaign to have no business dealings with Russia, he was negotiating a wildly lucrative business deal, not simply with Russian businessmen, but also involved with the Kremlin itself. You know what my favorite thing about this is? One, this is not even the final report of the Mueller report. This is just something that has come out uh, in the middle of it. And my favorite is just the reaction to it, which is a bunch of conservatives going, see, no evidence of anything <laughs> illegal. Uh, yeah. When it's like opposite land. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, I think once th- when this came out, Trump was uh, Trump just tweeted, totally clears the president. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Everybody's like, what is what happening? What were you reading? <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then finally, we know that Trump has engaged in an increasingly brazen attempt to cover up his actions installing a political crony to head the Department of Justice by potentially illegal means in an effort to shut down the investigation, using his former campaign chairman and convicted criminal Paul Manafort to find out information about Mueller's investigation, and even appearing to offer Manafort a pardon if he helped 
him obstruct the Russian probe. So in total, the Daily Beast made this list because they were like, uh, oh, Mueller has got Trump on collusion. I think that he does. And it's in the reason that it's not in this latest filing is because he's still shoring up all the evidence. I think he's being really meticulous. Yes. Again, I I don't fucking know if it'll matter, but I think he's doing a great job (laughs) of making the argument like in a sane world. Yeah. Trump would be removed from power. Right, right, right. We just don't live in a sane world. Well, I just think it's not over. I think like he like these little things are coming out like, you know, that like, oh, like it recently came out that it's basically been proven that Michael Cohen was acting on Trump's behalf. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically been established by the Mueller report that by Mueller that he was acting on the direct behest of Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. which is illegal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like these little tidbits are coming out. And I just think like in the final, he's just getting all of his ducks in a row. He's getting all these like he he got these little like like when he oh my favorite was when he he like got Manafort to lie and then just busted him for it because he had all the evidence already he just wanted him to lie to him Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like okay and so i think he's just Mm -hmm. getting all these things in a row so that when it finally comes down it's like this is this is all of it yeah all the evidence there is something really satisfying about watching someone craft a case (laughs) like this Uh Uh, you know it's sort of like capability porn yeah yeah, it's like damn that's good yeah damn that's a good argument that they committed collusion but what sucks is like will you have that satisfying ending. Like in a right. film, right, right, baddies right. go to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, not to praise carceral state. I'm just saying there's like a punishment of some kind right, right, right. at the end of the tunnel. Sure. Uh, but in this case, it's like, damn, you're doing a good job with this investigation, bro. Yeah. I don't think it'll matter. Yeah, who knows what will happen. Uh, <laughs> but also people felt that way during Watergate, too. Yeah, I mean, Nixon, I mean, uh, people forget like Nixon didn't go to jail. Nixon didn't go to jail. He resigned. Uh, he resigned. He had to resign. Don't think Trump would resign in a million years. <laughs> but, you know, people felt that way during the Nixon administration, during the Watergate investigation. They were like, yeah, 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 but powerful people get away with that. everything. Uh-huh. This won't matter. Yeah. And then it became, like, undeniable. And Nixon was like, bye. I can see <laughs> Trump resigning. I just think it would be, like, right before the Mueller report comes out when he, like, gets all the intel that it's going to happen. And he'd just be like, yeah, I'm, uh, actually, I'm bored of being president, so I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna bounce. See you I guys later. I think Trump probably wants out. I don't think the Republicans al- around him would allow it. Yeah. Because they're so entrenched at this point. I mean, they just lost the midterm election, and they're like, we didn't lose the election. <laughs> <laughs> we don't acknowledge that. <laughs> like, yeah. you, don't, you don't have a legitimate presidency right now. You're not a legitimate uh-huh. administration, and they're like, we don't care. We're not fucking leaving. <laughs> yeah. Mike Pence is like nailing the yeah, like yeah. boards across yeah. the doors right now. <laughs> Come get me. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I make the best possible, if there's not going to be jail time, the best possible thing that happened is like this report comes out so close to the election that Trump has to resign and they just don't have anybody like no campaign. Sure. Cause it would be Pence, but they haven't been running Pence as like a candidate. So it would just be like, Oh yeah, I guess we have. Although pres- the Democrats are so fucking inept. I think they could run Pence with two weeks notice and it would be close. <laughs> yeah. It would be very close. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I just, I can't You'd just be like God and the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Conservatives I can't like, get yeah. behind like, yeah, I hope Democrats get their shit together. They won't. They're like talking about running Beto. I'm like the guy that just lost an election. But he's tall and white and handsome. <laughs> like I get Look that. How handsome. Like he had a lot of support. I get that. He lost an election. Like if the Democrats run anyone who's not a person of color, uh-huh. they're fucking stupid. Yeah, they're stupid. <laughs> and that's not in like a pandering way. That's just in who has been the most loyal to your fucking stupid party uh-huh. this entire time. Yeah. People of color, specifically women of color. Yeah. If you don't run a woman of color, <laughs> like, right, right, right. what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing right now? I also am of the opinion that I, I even though I uh, uh, like him, Bernie Sanders cannot run. No. Jesus Christ. Look, no. On his uh, policies and ideas, I support him. Sure. He. Optics? Well, opti- well, there's optics and just like. The 2016 primary was so hotly contested. Uh-huh. It does not matter who the other person is. Bernie Sanders will not get at least half the party's votes. Yeah. 
it doesn't matter. Like, even if he's the best person for the job, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying even if he was, there are so many people with, like, a visceral dislike of Bernie Sanders, he will never have a shot of winning the presidency. If they run him or Hillary Clinton... Yeah, it's exactly. Stupid. Yeah, yeah, they neither one of those can run because the uh, the other half of the party just will not vote for them. Exactly. I mean, like even if they're somebody the, else. Yeah, even if they were the best people for the job on merit, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They, they, it just is not possible for Bernie Sanders to win the election. And you know, even though I think I, uh, you know, even though you know whatever my views are on it are, are, is regardless, it doesn't matter. Like you know. Uh, uh, just based on what happened in the 2016 election, there are just so many people that have a visceral hatred of Bernie Sanders. It just will never work out. There's, you're never going right. to get the whole party he's behind him. He's too tarnished. Yeah. yeah it, it just doesn't matter whether he's the best person for the job or not. It's just never going to work. He can't run. You know, what his, be- his best hope for getting some influence on the presidency is that he would need a, a candidate that he could support. Right. Because then you would get, you know, his section of the base sure. behind them. Sure, sure, sure. But it's got to be somebody different and somebody that can unite the party. Don't run an old white person. Yeah. I know Joe Biden wants it. Don't no, fucking no, give it no. to Joe Biden. He claims he's the most qualified person to run mm, for it. No. Don't. How about somebody that's not 80 years old? Yeah. Can we have somebody that's, that's not thing, like, 80 years old? What was the reason Obama, why did Obama win, right? And it was like, so because, young and hot. because there were a lot of, pe- he was, he's a super attractive dude that is always helpful, but he was young. Yes. He was a person of color. He he espoused the correct things about hope and uh-huh. optimism yeah. and got people really excited to go out and vote. Mm. What the fuck? You want an eighty-year-old white man to vote <laughs> yeah. or to run? Like nobody's gonna be excited. And I don't stop calling him Uncle Joe. That is so Ugh. fucking weird. Especially because he's it. a creep. He's a creep. <laughs> oh God. Uh, anyway, guys. Yeah, it's got to be somebody that's not eighty. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all I want. Somebody who, you know, I don't know, someone that's used an iPhone. Sure. <laughs> once, just once. Somebody that can remember the password to their social media account. You know, we're not <laughs> asking for the moon. <laughs> somebody that doesn't take aim track everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then talks about it constantly. <laughs> just Jesus. somebody that loves We all AIM-Track. take public transportation. <laughs> Calm down. So uh, yeah, just yeah. Guys, and we will be back on Friday, and then every week going forward on Friday to recap. And here's another thing. And why I'm jazzed about the Ooh, new format. What's up? We're going to record on Friday and release on Friday. Wow. So it'll be extra updated. Just content fresh out of the oven yes, for you. Yes, exactly. Here's your piping hot news. Yeah. Gross. Should <laughs> I change, change the name, the of, the name of, the of the show to piping hot, hot news? <laughs> That's so gross. Oh, God. Ew. <laughs> Can uh, someone draw that, though? Piping <laughs> hot news. That's Hashtag light trees and pot. Fair warning. That's all I'm going to call it from now piping on. Piping hot when news. <laughs> when I'm on the show, that's all it's going to be called. Ew. <laughs> uh, please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric, E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Thank you to everyone who sent, like, donations and stuff when I was complaining about having to drop, like, uh, uh, 1,000 large on a new computer that's so nice that was so nice and yeah guys we're still gonna be over at patreon if you're like where should i throw my support uh send her over to patreon for all of the bonus content i need to get in on like a crowdfunding grift yeah, it's not a grift. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm not saying what you're doing is a grift. I'm saying I need to start. I need to get a grift going. You can just give. Like, do your stupid pen thing. People like that. I should do that. Yeah. I have a pen recommendation, real quick. Oh, do it. Ooh. Uh, I just recently got a retro fifty-one tornado. Uh, it's great. Uh, it's got a very nice lacquer finish with chrome accents. It's a rollerball pen. It's a very, it's a really great, like, if you want something that you'll carry around all the time, not like a disposable pen, but like a very, like, high quality pen you carry around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. It's very classy looking. It also comes in a lot of cool designs if you're more, more into, like, wacky designs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it writes very smooth. It's got great, great ink. Uh, it's, I mean, for uh, for a permanent like well-made pen it's very cheap you can pick them up new for like 30 bucks Mm -hmm. um and uh i got it i love it and what was this horrible pun that you were gonna call your stupid pen show oh i i can't think of a better title i want to call it just the tip i'm so mad (laughs) 
so mad. It's gr- you should do that though, because people are weirdly interested in it. And I it is honestly yeah. probably the most engagement I get on Twitter <laughs> when I write there you about go. pins. You have very specific knowledge, mm-hmm. guys. Thanks so much for listening. It's good to be back. If you have any thoughts, feelings, comments about today's show, we're on Twitter hashtag Light Trees and Pod. Please follow us there and, and on Facebook so you don't do miss it. very important announcements mm-hmm. like when I have to go on a several weeks leave because my computer broke. Yeah. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends about the show. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>